Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Straight into the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline, off to Rogers Place, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for Aquarian Renovations and Experience, where sharing gets started today at AquarianRenovations.com. Spec, how are you doing? Doing great, Bobby. How are you doing? Good. Uh, What was the mood like down at practice? Uh, The mood was absolutely looked very much like a team that's winning. (laughs) They celebrated something with... um, uh, Stuart Skinner? Stuart Skinner, yeah, but we're not aware what it is. Are you? Uh, well, I think you guys are about to find out probably in the next 10 to 12 minutes. I, I don't. I haven't found out yet. I think, is he going to the All-Star game or what's he doing? I I have no idea what's going on. Okay, well, so. they celebrated something with him, and they look very much like a team that's having fun, that's loving each other, that's winning games, that's that's got – had a short, tough, you know, a short, nicely paced practice, and then had a bunch of yucks at the end of it, and – this is what a, a team that's finding its game looks like on a practice day, Bob. All right. Uh, they're having fun. Yeah. Uh, is, we got an audition window here, don't we, for Philip Roberg and Dylan Holloway uh, in terms of maybe uh, changing the narrative a little bit for Ken yeah. Holland. What do you think? Big time. And, and you know, the, everyone who's who in October and November is saying, oh, my God, there's no time for patience. Uh, we got to make moves now. This is why you're patient. Right, Broberg, Broberg's performance isn't necessarily telling us, Bob, that Ken Holland doesn't have to get a defenseman, but it might be changing the kind of defenseman he has to get. And it might be changing his mind on whether he wants a defenseman that has any term because, you know, you might want to bring a defenseman in for this playoff run, but you might not want to bring in one that's going to take ice time away from Broberg a year from now. So this is why you're patient. You have to have time for Broberg to stake a claim here, for Holloway to show you that, you know what, maybe we got a middle six guy here. Maybe we don't need to get a certain kind of player, and now maybe we get a different kind of player. So, yeah, those two guys are are pushing their way into the picture here in Edmonton, and it's good for the team. they got to capitalize on the schedule spec. Three games here this week. Uh, Last night, Seattle, second of a back-to-back. Tampa's in Vancouver tonight. The Oilers in the Lightning tomorrow. Edmonton in Vancouver Saturday. The uh, Canucks have Colorado on Friday at home. you got to make it count against those teams, don't you? Well, you do, and and take it further than that. Like, I'm going to go off memory. They go after they get Tampa Thursday, then they get Vancouver, not a playoff team. Then they get Columbus, the worst team in the league. Then they get Chicago, maybe the worst team in the West, right? Then they have the all-star break. Then they come back and they go Detroit, Philly, Montreal, Ottawa, or maybe it's Ottawa, Montreal. Then they come home and play Detroit. So they got a huge string of games here against non-playoff teams. This is their easiest run of the season. They're playing their best hockey of the season. 
this is where you stake your claim to a playoff spot right yeah. here. And they've moved a lot of, you know, and, and people are pointing out just with Broberg, they think it's the Broberg-Bouchard combination. and They're making each other better. Do you agree or disagree with that? Uh, you know what? Broberg's numbers, uh, certainly, excuse me, Bouchard's numbers and his game have improved in the last little while since he teamed up with Broberg. Are we giving Broberg credit for that, or are we going to look at Bouchard and maybe say that, you know, a young defenseman's finding this game? I- I'm not sure. I haven't seen enough of the two together, but, uh, you, I mean, go look at the, the simplest stat in the world, plus minus. Yeah. Bouchard in his last five games is like plus 12 or something. Yeah, he's he's plus, he was minus 14, he's moved up to plus five. Spec, yes, yeah. pull your a healthy scratch last night. Your thoughts? Well, I think it was his turn. You know, let's face it, it was his turn. Fogel's been a healthy scratch. Ryan's been a healthy scratch. Janmark was in the minors. Uh, you know, it was his, he, he didn't do enough to avoid the guillotine when it became his turn, right? Like, look at Fogel. You know, I don't know what, what Jay Woodcroft's going to do tomorrow night, Bob, but he's not taking Fogel out the way he played last night. No. So, you know, it's going to be a very difficult situation. Who's changing your lineup from last night? I, I, I'd be I'm, flabbergasted if Pugliarvi plays I'm, against Tampa. No shot at Pugliarvi. That's a winning lineup. You just don't change it, Bob. All right, they went down swinging against L.A. and haven't lost since. Is there something yeah. to that? Uh, I think that they were. They certainly weren't happy with their performance in L.A., yeah, I think when there's something about a hockey team's pride when yeah. you get nailed on the power play the way they did when they when you go up four power play goals or you know PK is is often about effort and the intangibles. You know, PK is often about how how bad you want it, how how willing are you to step into the lane. I think it was a little bit embarrassing. And I think they looked at themselves and said, okay, boy, so that effort, it ain't going to win us anything. So let's figure this out. And I think they figured it out a little bit, don't you? Your thoughts on Evander Kane yesterday? Well, he looked like uh, he certainly looked ready to, you know, as he said, he he felt a lot better last night than he did when he showed up in Edmonton a year ago and he hadn't played for so long. Um, His hands weren't there close in, right, Bob? Right around the net. They're not there yet. And that's expected, but he had seven shots on that. He had five hits. He was there for several scoring opportunities. Like I, sometimes I look at that guy who's missed 31 games in the middle of the season. I say, you got to give him a month. I'm looking at Evander Kane and saying, you probably have to give him 10 days to two weeks. Is All that right. fair? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. Hey, Speck, I know you're about to go into the room there. Um, anything from any other teams around the league that people are going to have to talk about today? <laughs> Anything from any teams around the league that people are going to have? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the Provorov, yes. Yeah, that's a whole, uh, boy, and when you look on Twitter at all the different viewpoints. And, yep, you know, lots that's, of viewpoints. Uh, there are, and, and you know what? I, I'll say this. Like, uh, I'm going to make this clear to everybody listening out there. If I was an NHL player, I'd wear the, the warm-up pride sweater and I'd tape the rainbow tape on my stick because I believe that's something that I would do as a person. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, they fought wars out there. So people can have different opinions and and different thoughts yes. and 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 different you know do things. So the people we're free to do what we want. We're free to have our own opinions. And I'd fight just as hard. You know, if we if we thought we were losing that, Bob, we'd be in an awfully bad place. So it's a complex story. It's a it would be a hell of a column. I'm not writing it today, but uh, guys, I keep it for that column because <laughs> yeah. it's a good column right now. Yeah, no, no question. So what column are you <laughs> writing today? What should we expect later, Spec? 
I think I'm going to dig in. I'm going to talk to uh, Matthias Janmark here. I think I'm going to dig in on an Oilers team that's sort of starting to check some boxes in, in their roles. They're finding some guys that are doing some things that need to get done. We looked at Janmark in preseason. Remember, Bob, and people said, geez, Janmark, he doesn't do anything for me in preseason. And I, I remember saying on your show, Bob, I don't care what Yanmark does until the games get tough in the second half. That's when you're going to appreciate Yanmark, right? When you start playing tough hockey in, in Jan and Feb and March, all of a sudden here we are, and all of a sudden Yanmark's one of your most important players. He double shifted against Vegas in the third period. That's how yep. effective he was. That's have, right. He, uh, he's he's got a little bit of uh, he's he's got a style that's completely onto him. And you know what? He tell you it's because he's got no style, but he's a, he's an interesting guy, <laughs> Matthias. He is. Have that respect. Thanks for squeezing us in. Uh, thanks for keeping it short, Bobby. Take you care. Bet. That's uh, Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec. Again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. So, look from a Oilers draft and development perspective, you know Broberg, Bouchard, maybe to a lesser extent, even though it's a real interesting story. Day Hernay, I'd like nothing more, Brendan. If, if in a couple, like even by say next year, five of the seven defensemen on the team. Would be drafted. Nurse is a given. Uh, Nurse, Broberg, and Nemo Linen on the left side. Nemo is the number seven. And then uh, Broberg and Dea as options on the right side. You got CC, you got Barry. They, they both got term left. Uh, some have suggested maybe Barry and Bouchard are redundant. To this point in the season, Barry's outplayed Bouchard, though Bouchard's had a real good stretch here over the last five games. It, you know, here's another one for you. They got Max Warner who is with Moose Jaw. He's a seventh-round draft choice. He's going to be on the AHL team next year. Kessel Ring and Camp are there right now. They've got some right-shot guys. I think they'll move either a second or a third in this draft coming up. With that other pick, I think they need to draft the best available left-shot defenseman they can, just so they got another left-shot deep coming. What do you think? Am I out to lunch? Well, this is this is where we look back a couple of drafts ago and, and see them starting to reap the benefits, hopefully, as if this continues uh, trending the right way for Broberg. We see them reap the benefits of making that uh, more calculated decision and taking that best player available uh, rather than reaching for someone like Zegras or Caulfield when everyone was clamoring for more offense. So now you've got a couple of cost-controlled options at the point in Broberg and whomever else, and and you're going to need some sort of other wave coming through, and it doesn't look like there's a ton of that right now, particularly on the back end, because all of these guys have just graduated. So it looks like they're in a position to draft defense. It is interesting. In the Holloway draft years, you recall, I was really big on Gooley. That was the guy I liked. It's because I knew what Gooley was. All right? Like, there have been times in the past, maybe not so much now that McDavid and Drysaddle are here, but times in the past um, where Edmonton's been challenged on the player procurement front and recruiting and attracting free agents and those sort of things. And when guys go to, uh, like, they're, like Vancouver historically has had a lot of success getting European players in there, and uh, Portland's had success getting American players. You know, Prince Albert and the WHL is a bit like Edmonton and the NHL, uh, but it also, when guys go there, like Leon Dreisaitl and Caden Gooley, it shows that they're committed to playing because those, those can be great places to go play, but you, you want to be all in. Right, and when I, and that's why I like Gooley. I knew Gooley was going to be good because he was all in. And I, and you know what? He's hurt because he was Montreal's best defenseman before he went out, and he was the closest of all those kids. 
And for any parent listening right now, if you got a kid good enough to be drafted in the Western Hockey League, don't try to manipulate the system. If they're good enough to play in the league, first of all, if they're good enough to play in the league, they should go in that league. That's the league for them because it's a big step up over junior. What Do we still call it junior A? It's a big step up over junior A. This is the bottom line. It's the most competitive league at that age, and they get the most games in. And don't try to sit there and go, well, I'm only going to go go where they draft you. And Leon Dreisaitl carved out a, you know, became a star in Prince Albert. And Connor McDavid became a star in Erie. Some other guys didn't want to go to Erie. But David did. Spoke a lot about his character. And maybe gives you some insight for those of you that are the proverbial nervous Nellies out there. Oh, they don't want to. Well, you know what? The guys, he's, and, and you know what? Maybe it will come ultimately down to winning. Or maybe his involvement in recruiting other players here might teach you a bit. But uh, I like Gooley back in that draft year when Holloway went, right? And the orders, but the orders had taken Bouchard and Broberg the two years before. So now they've taken. If you take a look at it over the course, 2020 Holloway, 2021 Borgo, 2022 Schaefer. We're going to have Reed Schaefer on the show today at 105. Reed, for me, is a very specific type of player that, for, for me, was worth taking a, taking a swing on. Big, physical. Some people, Brendan, some people were like, wow, I didn't really notice him in the World Juniors. Yeah, because that's not the type of style of hockey that a player like Reed Schaefer, Reed Schaefer is going to excel in. There's very little physical. Not only is there very little physicality, if you're Canadian because of past reputation, you're almost not allowed to play physically. Like Slovakia and Czechia, Czechia, they were physical. They got away with some cheap hits. Anytime a Canadian guy touches somebody, internet, you know, this is not, you know, oh, you're being a homer because it's the reality of the situation. Canada's the big dog. They're the Yankees of international hockey. And some of the officials from other countries at times don't want to be bullied by the perceived bullies. And the truth of the matter is, Canada has not been a physical bully in international hockey for a while. But a guy like Schaefer, who has a real physical identity, you saw it. That's a tough place for a player like that to be noticeable in. They were barely playing him anyway. He was playing five minutes a game, yeah. so they, there wasn't really an opportunity for that. I, I saw him in the dressing room last night out as we were doing the media availabilities. He's a big, big kid. And and there's a joke. Okay, so what's his nickname? I don't know. Ginger Beef. They call him Ginger Beef. That's his nickname? He's got the orange hair. Yeah. And he's 6'4", 220, and every bit of it. Yeah. Every bit of it. They call him Ginger Beef. How about this? <laughs> Speaking of potential draft eligibles for the WHL Bantam draft, because we got the John Reed tournament take the Bantam. You speak, do they still call it Bantams or U whatever? Is it U15 tournament taking place this weekend in St. Albert? There is a six foot four hundred ninety five pound right shot defenseman named Keaton Verhoff, who is expected. Uh, he's living with Jerome Ginla's family in Cologne. He's expected six four one ninety five at fourteen. You know, that's that's a big kid. 
And Reed Schaefer, I saw Reed last night. He was on the panel after uh, John Shannon and myself were on, Brendan. He looks like he's a little taller than he was, even in the training camp. Seriously, he looks a tad taller. So I wonder if he's had it. Because he's from a, he's got a, a big dad, like a tall dad, a tall, his dad was a prominent enforcer in the WHL back when he played. Much more limited skill-wise than Reed is. Uh, comes from a tall family. He's, he's a basic. But he's specific to what Edmonton needs in a couple of years. Like, I, I could see Schaefer next season in the minors. I think it's a given, a guy that's a late first-round pick. I mean, the Oilers have Borgo playing his way up there, and he, you know, had a pretty huge offensive season last year in the Quebec League. I could see Schaefer in the minors next year, and within two years from now, you know, third-line left wing for Edmonton. I think that's there's a track there for him to get there. And I do think that uh, you you still got to be able to skate. You got to be able to play. If you're a smaller guy, you got to be explosive. But I, I like the fact that there's a couple bigger guys. I mean, Lavoie on the right side is a total question mark. To me, Schaefer's more of a sure thing. Lavoie's a second rounder. But Lavoie has something. He has something. If the Oilers can extract that out of him and develop him, they could have a you know a, a good third line right wing with some size. Noah Phelps a longer shot. Could he be a fourth line center by some point middle of next season? Well, if you do a real good job in development, maybe he gets there and it changes the complexion of things. We'll get to a bunch of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. I will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. By the way, is there anything kicking around here for me here from uh, Roos Chris? Have you seen anything come our way? Let's go bug the reception girls. Uh, Nothing that I saw. Uh, okay, ninety nine ninety Jasper Avenue. I got some guys asking some questions these days. Uh, Chris, Brendan, Chef Eltoff, and the staff at Roos Chris, they'll take care of you. Uh, there's going to be a lot of happy. Uh, guests on the show very shortly. When we come back, we'll get to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers now. Well, you're not going to please everybody. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Classic Bob knocking Junior A again. BC to Saskatchewan. Still good leads. Yeah, BCJHL, Alberta Junior League, SJ. They all got some, you know, there's some good teams in those leagues. It's not as good as WHL. It's that simple. WHL, better league. That's all there is to it. All right, uh, let's go to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Edmonton owned and operated. Here's Brendan Escott. Five games in the league tonight. Ottawa is home to Pittsburgh. Calgary hosts Colorado. And Vancouver is entertaining slash wearing down Tampa Bay. The Lightning meet the Oilers tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on 6.30, Chad. First overall pick, Uri Slavkovsky expected to miss three months with a lower body injury. I think it's a knee injury, they reported. Uh, no punishment, as we've discussed, for Ivan Provorov for sitting out warm-up to boycott the team's Pride Night jersey. NHL saying players are free to choose which initiatives they support, and Provorov cited religious beliefs. A report uh, a 10 or more teams have called Columbus, checking in on defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov and his availability ahead of the trade deadline. Bakersfield, a home date with San Diego tonight. The Oil Kings welcoming Prince George on Saturday, Brandon on Sunday. It's a six-game homestand for them. Uh, and the U of A Golden Bears host the Saskatchewan Huskies at the Claire Drake. You mentioned, Bob, the John Reed 
Bantam tournament starting today as well. You'll have to get Ian Herbers on Friday's show. Uh, you and uh, Camoon are going to handle that one. Jack and me are on the bird flying to Vancouver as the Oilers will play the Canucks. Uh, tonight, the Canucks are, as you mentioned, hosting Tampa, Tampa in town tomorrow. We're heading back to sunny California this April with New West Travel. You can fly to L.A. and Anaheim to watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. This New West Travel hockey package includes airfare, four nights at the Marriott L.A., lower bowl game tickets for both games, and a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests. For the California Hockey Road Trip, reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. Justice from Saskatoon has texted us. He says, Bob, I watched uh, Reed Schaefer and Jake chase on this past weekend in Saskatoon. Both really big boys. Schaefer was utilized in all facets of the game, which was nice to see. Bit slower foot speed, says uh, Justice, but he has some nice silky hands and, of course, throws his weight around. Chason looks like he'll get some good ice time with the blades. Well, Chason's a fourth rounder that was minus 20 with Brandon before he got moved. The Oilers still have yet to sign Jake, who is six foot two. In about uh, 205 pounds, uh, Schaefer, 6'4", had scored a couple games in the prior. Uh, they were in, yeah, they beat Winnipeg, and I think Schaefer had one on the power play and maybe one shorthanded in that game. Um, so we'll find out from Reed how he thinks his season has gone. I think it's been an interesting one for him. Again, you can text us at 780 uh, Tim says, Bob, there seems to be some real questions on how the young prospects are being used in Bakersfield. Do you think the leash on the Condors coaches are running out? Uh, I think they're starting to play the young prospects more is what I think. I think maybe six weeks. I was a little bit perplexed with some of the guys that were being scratched. Uh, Lavoie was coming back from an injury. He got scratched. Uh, Carter Savoy, a fourth-round pick, got scratched for a game. Ty Tilio, a fifth-round pick, got scratched. Noel Phelps got scratched. Um there was a heavy reliance on some uh, veterans early, and uh, some of those veterans have been challenged to score. Conversely, some of the younger guys, uh, Borgo is second in goals amongst forwards. I think uh, Lavoie is third. Philp is fourth. And then Savoy and Tulio, and they've all got five-plus goals. And they've got some, uh, to put things in perspective, uh, Malone, McKeg, and Esposito have four combined goals between the three of them this year. I guess Brad Malone, I don't know if you heard the story, uh, got ripped open, his face got cut open, 14 stitches, second period, came back out for the start of the third, and the bleeding stopped, and he went back on the ice and played and helped set up the game-tying goal on a power play marker to Borgo. As promised, Reed Schaefer. Coming up at 105 today, we'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.